and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zo. Co-host today, Mr. Cantu. And of course, we got Enrique Cruz back with us. How is everybody doing today? It's chilling. Everything's good. Fantastic, man. I feel I feel very uh I feel kind of sweepy, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't bring out the broom like last time when you were I did it, man. I did, I did. It. <laughs> I got I got too much uh respect for all the you know the Boston guys out there. So it's uh, a lot of, a lot of cool people on that side. So I, I don't want to I don't want to do that. But it was a it was a really cool series, unfortunately, for them. But uh the, you know the Astros took care of business, but it, always always a fan of Boston. Yeah, I mean, like you just said, let's jump to the gun right there. Astros sweep the Boston Red Sox. First time in franchise history. I, I remember Angel and I last episode, we were talking about if the Astros had ever sweeped the Red Sox in Boston. And sure enough, this is the first time they've ever done it. Um, I mean, great games all around from the Astros offense to the bullpen to the pitching of the even starting pitching, um, except Christian Javier. Well, we'll have to see what's happening with him. But record 77-58. They're tied for first place currently with the Seattle Mariners. Them guys are hot. One of the they had the winningest. Um, they had the winningest month in franchise history or something like that, too, that they had posted with 21 wins. That's pretty remarkable mm-hmm. for the Mariners, how they've come back. And currently, the Rangers are in third place. And right now, as it looks, Astros welcome the Yankees at home. The Rangers welcome the Twins at home. And the Seattle Mariners travel to New York to face Steve Cohen's Mets. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens and what evolves around in the standings of the next upcoming days. Episode 125, the Astros are coming is our title. Does anybody do does anybody want to take a crack on why the title is called that? I'll give you a hint. It is the pa- Paul it, Revere. There it is. There it is. I was wondering if someone was gonna get it. I was wondering if somebody was gonna get it. Bostonian and American himself, Paul Revere. Yelling out the British are coming. The Astros are coming. Them bats are hot. 5-1 on the world trip as well. And, Angel, I mean, give us that one word to describe this series, man. How, how would you describe the Astros against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park? How about sweet? The Astros were seeing sweet Caroline all the way back to Houston after that sweet for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great series. Like you said, the bats were on fire. And the pitching, shout out to J.P. Franz on coming back after that rough outing. And... Kitty got some working off the bullpen as well. It was, everything was it was really good. No, I absolutely. I mean, the coolest thing about it too is that uh, you know it was a great sweep for the Strohs. Like you said, JP France, by the way, was nasty Tuesday night. He had some good mm-hmm. stuff on the ball. Breaking ball was working. 95-96. It was really legit, especially uh, to see it live right there. But what was really neat is that you know I know we're gonna talk about it a little bit later, but I, I gotta I gotta you know do a little little, little cheat code on this is uh, getting Michael Brantley back and how and how good he looked. Yeah was really, really cool to see because now you add that element, that veteran presence, and now you add another legit bat in the lineup. Watch out, boys. Yeah, yeah. and everything was hit hard. That, that was impressive. Like, even that game when he went 0 for 4, yes. 9, 98 and above off, like, max speed, like, off the bat. So it was it was, it was good. It was, it was a good thing to see. And then mm-hmm. Jordan Alvarez finally in the home run caught him. They keep figuring it out. In the pesky pole, you know, he snuck that one. I think that was like a three-second hang time. So like <laughs> it was it was quick. Yeah, shout out to the pesky pole out there in right. But Fenway Park, I mean, that park out there is one of the most historical, most beautiful venues you will ever go 
see as a baseball fan. It mm-hmm. is very nice. I went out there Monday. Enrique, you were out there as well for the whole series. Um, I had to come back Tuesday, so that's why Angel knows about Michael Brantley's, I mean, stat cast on that. I mean, that, that's pretty remarkable to see Michael Brantley back. I wasn't able to see that, but great ballpark to visit if you are a baseball fan. I would say right now for me, top five, I've been to at least, I want to say 13 now with this one. So, I mean, Fenway Park, if, if you're a baseball fan, you have to check out, especially the Green Monster as well. No, I'm right there with you, though. I mean, top five for sure. I mean, the the, the history, the the just uh, the fact that this, this stadium was built in 1912, man, it's in the same spot that's been the ex- all these years and to walk around and just take it all in. This, this was my first time at Fenway. So, I mean, I'm telling you right now, like you said, so anybody who's a baseball fan, anybody who really just treasures it, needs to make a trip out there uh, along with uh, maybe seeing Wrigley. Right. But uh, yeah. you know, I saw old Yankee stadium back in the day and, and really the history, the rich history of it, knowing that Luke Eric, Babe Ruth, all those legends, yeah. you know, that you hear about and read about, man, those guys played right there. It, it's just, um, it's really awesome. And, and, and kudos to those guys and the Red Sox organization that they keep that field up to date and, and, uh, and just, and, and still have a, a little bit of the history intact as well altogether it's pretty cool man it's really 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 worth making a trip yeah ted williams red sea is still out there too if y'all didn't know that right field red mm. seat as you can see but let's start off with our shout outs fellas and angel let's let's start us off man start us off who you want to give a shout out to in this red Sox series you know how about jb friends you know yeah. we just talked about it earlier he got he pitched like what 2.2 innings last outing he got lit up mm-hmm. for 10 runs and he bounced back in in Boston in that environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. Boston has been streaky; they have their ups and downs, but that's still a world class organization. Mm-hmm. Got Verdugo doing good things out there. So, but being being able to bounce back, you know, was great. He went five five and five point two innings pitch, five hits, two in runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. And on Wednesday, Dan Brown spoke about France on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. What he's got to say, he said he's got the stomach for it, and I really believe he has it for the postseason. It'll be Dusty's call, but he'll he got the stomach for it. And whenever you hear general manager says, you know, mentions yourself <laughs> in postseason baseball, you know you've done something good. Because again, he didn't start on the opening day roster. He was brought on because of injuries to Arcadian and Luis Garcia got hurt. And JP Francis just came in and started the show. Like I think everybody like postseason preview. I mean, sorry, the preseason preview had Hunter Brown top three, you know, uh, rookie of the year, but. JP France deserves some recognition for that one as well. He's what this was like his tenth win so this, this season so far already. Yeah, yeah, ten so. wins, and he got called up in May. Yeah, so I mean he's been good. I think he's been. If I feel like if the Astros don't have JP France, it's a different story this season. And I think he's been a kind of like a really consistent piece for that. Yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean, I, it kind of what we talked about in the previous. Uh, uh, shows right every time a season happens we've been fortunate enough to have pitching staff and other position players step up right, mm-hmm. plug and play I mean uh, you know Pena last year I mean it, those are the things that you know great organizations like the Astros are able to do time and time again right they buy in they've got a certain amount of talent all of a sudden they buy into the team chemistry the, the uh, veterans come in they teach them a little bit of what's going on and then boom you know they might not go through the roof all the way but the consistency and, and just being serviceable, I mean, everything else, uh, you know, all lines up. My shout-out, though, Zoe, is basically you got to give it to Tuve, man. Hitting that cycle Monday night was epic. 
I mean, it was something special. It gives me chills thinking about it because legit, mm -hmm. like, I remember sitting in my seat. I was with my buddy, and my buddy literally says to me, hey, you know how two is a homer away from the cycle? I said, what? And I looked at the line. I said, oh, be ready. It's happening right now. Be ready. And then placata, he went deep. It was awesome. It was so cool. And so my shout-out to him. Kudos. First one in 10 years, I believe. Uh, and I think the last guy was Brandon Barnes, yeah. So, which yeah. is pretty amazing. But So kudos to him. Yeah, becomes the ninth Astro to hit for the cycle. Brandon Barnes, like you said, did it in 2013. 13-year uh, career, and this is his first cycle. And he doesn't even have a five-hit game yet. That's, that's coming next. That's coming yeah, that has to be next. coming next. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a great one. I remember I was there, and I didn't even know it until he hit the home run. I was like, oh, God, he got the cycle. But before yeah. that, the, there was a little kid heckling him. He had hit a foul ball previous before that. He said, Altuve, you need to hit it the other way. Sure enough, the next pitch, bam, lands down street over the green monster. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a great shout-out right there. Mine, I got to give it to the big man. That is Mr. Jordan Alvarez. I mean, this guy, like Angel said, he hasn't hit a home run since, what, Angel? I think the first week of August, we had talked about August 6th, yeah. I believe. He hits two. In Fenway, mm -hmm. I think he just loves hitting in Fenway yeah. Park as well. Uh, April 13, he had a 16 15, uh, 615 batting average, one double, two home runs, five RBIs, three walks. The big man looks like it, he's getting going. And Detroit, he did the same way, he had a great road trip. Man, it could look scary if he gets going because the funny thing is, too, Kyle Tucker didn't have a good series against the Red Sox, and he's been the guy, too, carrying the Astros team throughout the season. When he gets going, this whole offense is clicking. It's going to be very scary for the American League, I'd say. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what was really cool to, to recap a little bit of that Red Sox series? Uh, fun little fact. I, I believe I'm correct. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. That first night, the only guy that didn't get a knock was Bregman. Okay? Yeah. And then the very next night, my man went off with three or four hits. I want to say it was like three or four or something like that. Went deep mm -hmm. the first night, the first at-bat. I mean, his at-bats – just like we're talking about uh, with, uh, you know, you know, Michael Brantley, every at bat, it was a bullet. So, I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, you get Bregman, you get Jordan, you get all those guys clicking. I mean, like how they're, they're rolling right now. It seems like their bats are going. And then you tie in a little bit of Jeremy Pena, too, to kind of get going. Oh, I mean, yeah. Forget about it. I mean, dude, let me tell you something right now. Dubon was, was, yeah. was <laughs> lengthening balls, okay? I mean, you forget about that guy, what that guy's been able to accomplish, just, you know, coming off the bench and, and basically being our, our new version of Marvin Gonzalez, right, just playing everywhere. Um, it's pretty cool, man. So I I'm excited. I, this is this is the time where I always tell people. <laughs> people ask me, "Hey, man, you nervous? Like in April, are you nervous or this and that?" I'm like, no, I don't really even start watching till September, man. Like, I mean, it's gonna be ready to go. Like, this stuff is nothing. You know, don't yeah. I don't championships don't get one in April. I mean, come on, this is this mm -hmm. is rock and roll. And uh, you know, and, and what's great is that the Rangers are in the mix. The Mariners are playing great. The West is exciting, and I and I and I truly believe that. You know, hey, we're the champs for a reason. So those guys better be nervous about us. You know, so let's let's get this thing going, man. It's like a, like the old boxing days back in the day. Let's get it on, like Mills Lane back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and speaking of Bregman, he went six for fourteen. Like you say, like he didn't get the six, uh, hit at that first game, but he was six for fourteen, one double, one home run, three RBIs. But you know, when we first started doing the off season podcast, like closer to the season, we had predicted it was gonna be the Rangers, Seattle, and Astros. Like, like we had the Astros. Just finished first, Seattle second, and then the Rangers third. And right now, I mean, it's anybody's game, right? I think the Rangers are only mm -hmm. one game behind. So, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. And it would have been even more crazy if the 
Angels would have would have stayed in contention, but you know yeah. what's going on with that situation there. But yeah, yeah. and then, and there's also a chance that all three AOS teams could make it to the playoffs as it looks right now. It's like Seattle's winning the division, and then the Astros and Rangers hold those last two wild card spots. So that'd be you know, that'd be good to see. Relax, relax. We're gonna win the division, okay? <laughs> hey, we got we're gonna have a really awesome. Uh, I want to say I think it's, it's September twentieth or somewhere around there. We are playing the Mariners, so that's mm-hmm. gonna be an intense uh, series going down to the wire. So that's gonna be right. Rangers too. I think the Rangers are are after the and Yankees. Seven, yeah, seven of the last ten games, the Rangers and Mariners will be playing against each other. The Mariners' last ten games are gonna be the Rangers, the Astros, and then the Rangers again. So. Let's do this. And this West is going to be probably the most epic finale that, I mean, the American League has ever seen in a good while. Right. I would say over the AL East because oh, everybody's yeah. so paying attention to them. And by all means, they have a great bunch of teams over there, the Red Sox, Yankees. But what Baltimore's doing is right now. And then, of course, the Toronto Blue Jays, too. Right now, American League West is where it's at, I'd say. You know, and it's also because the American League East, it's interesting, right, how Tampa Bay got off to that amazing start, right? No, it just goes, as well. it, yeah. It just goes to show you that, you know, it, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. Baltimore, no one was really kind of talking about, it, and all of a sudden, they they start clicking. All those young stars start doing their thing, and hey, it's amazing. It's pretty cool. The AL East has got a really good, really cool story, but really, when uh, when it comes down to the wire, like you were saying, though, is that the the American League West is going to be very. It's like popcorn, popcorn. Yeah. Let's let's get this. Let's 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 watch those epic epic movies unfold. So. Oh, yeah. But, you know, to wrap up this Boston series, Michael Brandy did return, as mm-hmm. we were mentioning, right? Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, he was activated off the 60-day DO list and started immediately. Uh, we kind of had this debate of where do you put Michael Brandy last podcast? You know, uh, we said that we put him back in the two spot, even though Alex Bremen's been pretty good in that two spot, or we put him lower in the lineup. I think we had said sixth or seventh, and he was in the yeah. sixth spot. Uh, and he was playing that field, which I know with the bringing monster makes it a little shorter, but that's still a good sign that he got his legs uh, there for him as well. He went 0 for 4, but like we said, everything was hard, hard contact. I think he only had one flight ball, and I was just there that bad. Everything else was nine drives. (laughs) After I saw that, I was like, I'm not worried. Like, like, (laughs) Sooner or later, they're going to come, and and it came sooner, right? Because on Wednesday, when he was on DH, he batted six again, two for four with a double and two RBIs. He almost had a home run. It was a ground Mm -hmm. roll double. So. And we had talked about when he was doing his rehab assignment. He was hitting home runs in in the minor league. So there's a game back too. Yeah. <laughs> so that power is there. But just to give you some exit velos in his eight plate appearance, it was 102, 99, 97.6, 104, and then 102 again, 89, 96, and then he struck out. Like that's where you want to be. That's pretty good. That's you see. This is why Michael Brown is taking this time to stay healthy it was big mm-hmm. because if we rush him then he, he does this for a few games and bam he's like he's injured again but why you know he's a veteran you know that body is not as young as it used to be and you know it's time to just let it heal let, let you know the process work and so far so good um but i do have a question for y'all first of all is michael Brownie back and does he need to stay put in the six hole in the lineup or do you think there's some change coming well, I think Michael Brandley is back. Looking at them exit velos that you were describing, that's pretty nice to see. And like you were saying, too, with rushing, I think the Astros did that in the beginning of the rehab process for him. And then that's what the setback had happened. Everybody was kind of 
they didn't know if Michael Brownlee was going to be able to play the rest of this season. They were thinking this contract was going to be a waste. But I told you, Angel, I mean, I think both of us had said it too. He will be a call-up for September. He's going to be able to play in September, if anything, late September. And right now, it is at the right time where the Astros need him, uh, especially with the DH. Now you got to toss and turn with Yiner Diaz, uh, Jordan Alvarez. It's going to be very interesting to see. And then you ask, does he need to be staying in the sixth spot? I think he needs to stay there, either six or seven. Because like I told you, Angel, too, with, if there's bases loaded with two outs, who would you rather have, Michael Brantley or somebody else in the bottom of the lineup? It's an Come obvious on. answer, yeah. It's an obvious answer. Michael Brantley's one of the best contact hitters. He's a professional hitter at that point. Um, I think he's going to make the bottom of the lineup be even better. I mean, like Enrique said, too, Pena right now is hitting the ball pretty good. And he was hitting – I think he ended the month of August – hitting over 333, I want to say, at his batting average. So if Bradley continues to swing the bat that he's doing right now, and especially Jeremy Pena, if there's a chance that Astros get the postseason Jeremy Pena in September all the way going into the postseason. Like I said before, and I'm going to say it again, this team is going to be scary for the American League and possible another chance to go to the World Series once again. And before... Enrique turns in. I think that Tuesday lineup that Dusty Baker had with Yanir Diaz catching was the mm-hmm. most deepest lineup that the Astros have seen that have yeah. had this season. That was crazy. No, I I, I agree a lot, I agree all the way with that because I mean when you, I mean what Diaz has done this year is really cool, man. But it but I I really love how they've managed the situation with him and, and uh, Maldonado. I mean I think it's great. I think there's probably some things that we don't even know that are happening in the clubhouse behind the scenes. The, the Diaz, um, it, it's going to pay dividends in the future for him and the ball club, the, the the knowledge that he's gaining from Maldonado and just learning the experience and all that stuff. So I think it's great. I mean, he's showing that he's young and awesome. He's that guy whipping that bat. And I just, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do in the future for the Astros. So, I mean, the, it looks bright for him and this ball club. So it's, like you said, it's going to be deep and it's going to be real, real nice. And just think about the projected lineup. If, if you do put Maldi... Obviously, Maldonado is going to be nine. But if you put Diaz, one Altuve, two Bregman, three Jordan, four Tucker, five Chaz McCormick or Jose Abreu, you could flip-flop with that, six Michael Bradley, seven either you'll put Jose Abreu as well, eight Chaz McCormick or, like we're saying, with them two flip, nine Yiner Diaz, or it could be really Pena being Pena, in the nine yeah. hole. Yeah, Pena, being, Pena being in the nine and putting Yiner kind of close up top. That is scary because Yiner Diaz, too, leads all catchers either in the American League or in Major League Baseball, third in OPS. And I believe Ali Rushmanson is over him on one. And the other one, I cannot think of the top of my head. I think I want to say Sean Murphy, which it could be possibly, but... That just goes to show you, Yonder Diaz hasn't even been playing majority of the games this year. Just imagine if he had. I mean, that's pretty deep and steep. And when pretty sure next, when the offseason comes, we'll talk about what's going to happen with Maldonado's future. Mm-hmm. He could be taking the, you know, the backup role, or maybe he does stay in the position, but we'll just have to see about that. Right. But, fellas, September 1. Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. If you haven't heard that song, I recommend listening to that sexy song. But MLB rosters expand to 28 now, 28 players. They uh, expand from 26 to 28, so two players will be called up for September through Major League Baseball, either either through the waivers like 
Astros fans were hoping about trying to get Matt Moore, a lefty uh, specialist that maybe Dusty Baker could have used in that bullpen. Um, but I mean, the Guardians and the Reds, the the whole state of Ohio just swept <laughs> up them players. Uh, Harrison yeah. Bader and Lucas Giolito. Or no, 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 Harrison, Harrison Bader, Bader. No, Hunter Renfro. That's the other guy. I was oh, thinking. Okay. They're wow. going to Cincinnati. Lucas mm-hmm. Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. Uh, Matt Moore will be going to Cleveland when Cleveland's still trying to push for the first spot in the AL Central. But like we said, the Astros had two options one being the waiver, which that's out of the question already. And the second one being call to the farm. Triple A, you got a bunch of talent there, and you could obviously bring up two um, players up. So, guys, my, my question to y'all is, who do y'all see at least one player? If you could give me two, go ahead and give me two. But at least one, who do you think will get the call up to be on the MLB roster for September for the Astros? I think the chimes here are trying to chime in for me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, you know what, man, it's a tough one. I mean, I, you know, I, you'd think probably maybe maybe there might be a Kessinger sighting, you know, uh, just because he's been up and he can provide some utility work. Um, maybe Blanco too for another arm. You know, th- those guys that have just seen some action. To me, those are those seem like the 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 most you know low hanging fruit options potentially. But you know, we'll see. No, yeah. I, I agree with you because I think those are the most like like compared to the other minor league, minor leaguers like they're pretty seasoned um, or, or even Hensley as well. But if we're talking about prospects, maybe uh, mm. um, Joey Lupafito, he's an outfitter, first baseman, second baseman, he can fill in there. But I think with Michael Brownlee back, that kind of eliminates that. But I think Spencer Arigetti, uh mm. is the actual number three prospect. He, in 10 games, he's winning three or 4.4 ERA in AAA and 2.5. He has a two. 215 on um, um, appointed batting average. He's a reliever as well. As a reliever, he's 3 and 0, is 6.55 ERA. And as a starter, he's 4 and 2 with 2.79 ERA as well. So, with that pitching net, and he, and he gets that experience as well, too. So, it'll be good to see if either for next year or or not, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, two other ones you could possibly see. One being Pedro Leon, the Astros have been having him in the farm system for a good while. He was a top prospect at the right. time, too. Um, but his utilityness, just like Mauricio Dubon, he can play outfield, he can play infield. The thing for me, I would say, is the speed. They're, I mean, mm-hmm. speed's going to be important in the postseason. Uh, stolen bases, obviously, you get them two disengagements to first, second, or third, wherever you want to throw. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see a speedster like Leon. And then another one, too, could be Colton Gordon. If not Colton Gordon, it could be Sean Dubin. Uh, Sean Dubin was in the MLB roster at a time, but Gordon being a left-handed pitcher, um, I could possibly see him. You could possibly uh, see Mashinsky as well. I think the Astros might need a left-handed pitcher in that bullpen, even though last year they did a pretty fascinating job without carrying one. There could be a possibility you could carry one being in Mashinsky or Colton Gordon as well. So just have to see what happens there, fella, because the Astros haven't announced yet as we are recording on a Thursday night. Possibly Friday they will announce who they'll pick up. But if you're listening to Thursday morning, we're just kind of not sure, just like y'all. I'll tell you one guy that's definitely not getting called up. Who? Uh, Corey Lee. Yeah, <laughs> sad to see him go, but yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, uh, also, another one, David Hensley. Mm-hmm. Hensley yeah. did have a a pretty good, I'm not really good postseason, but obviously, if you remember last year in the DH role, Mancini couldn't get nothing, Diaz couldn't get nothing, and Hensley was the ones putting up quality at bats for the Astros. Right. So, 
right. Maybe the hands house will make an appearance at Minute Maid Park in this come upcoming postseason. But fellas, it is time for the preview against the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers. Um, yeah, I mean, those guys haven't had a good season this year. Uh, a lot of injuries have been going their way. It's been pretty bad for them. So they're 65 and 69 currently right now. Last in the AL East, four and six in their last 10 games. They did win the series against the Detroit Tigers. They had the opportunity to, to sweep them, but Glaber Torres had a throwing error and it did not happen for them. But another thing for them, they're 38 and 46 against opponents with a 500, uh, 500 wing percentage. Astros have been doing a good job against them throughout the years, including the postseason, but this year they had the split series at New York. And Minute Maid Park is just going to be a different environment because you'll have Justin Verlander on the mound, you'll have Hunter Brown on the mound, and you'll have Christian Javier, which that's interesting to know too because now you have J.P. France, Framber Valdez, and Justin Verlander lined up to travel at Texas to face them off. So that, that's pretty good to know as well. But Friday night, Friday night fireworks, 7-10. Carlos Rodon will be for the Yankees 1-4 and four with a 5.97 ERA. He'll be going against JV 10-6 and six with a 3.06 ERA. And JV, this man, just like Altuve, loves facing the New York Yankees. His last start at Detroit, um, that, that was a pretty cool moment to see him and Miguel Cabrera on the last time around there being in their careers. Five innings, two hits, zero earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. As an Astros this year, he is 4-1, 279 ERA. He carries a 154 ERA plus and a 330 FIP. What is FIP? It is a fielding independent percentage preventing home runs, walks, and hit by pitches. So uh, his last start against the Yankees, he did receive the loss, but the Astros offense, of course, in Astros offense fashion, when JV pitches, they, he does not get any type of run support. But in that time, he went seven innings, seven hits, two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. And like I said, he loves facing the New York Yankees. And as an Astro, he's been dominated against them through those years. In six starts, he's three and one with a 216 ERA and 41 strikeouts. That is not including the postseason, which I think Astros fans know his postseason run when he pitched against the Yankees. So I, I, a lot of fans are going to be excited to see that matchup. Uh, because Justin Verlander on a Friday night, I think that just sets the mood on a pretty good note. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that, you said it all right there, Zoe. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an exciting uh, matchup to, you know, to get going for the weekend for uh, any Astros fans or any baseball fans. But, you know, JV, I don't know his, uh, his numbers from 2017, but remember when he got plugged into us, that nice little role he got into? I mean, it just sounds very similar uh, to that time. So it's definitely uh, something that's special to have him back. And, you know, he just gets us, gives us more credibility and just, and it, it, we become a bigger monster. So I'm excited. I mean, I, I can't wait to, for us to, to, to punch the Yankees. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's unfortunate they're having a bad year, but, you know, it's like one of those sorry, not sorry kind of things, you know? So it's, it is what it is. Hopefully our guys can maintain that focus and, and not give them anything. So, Hopefully we can take the series two out of three. If we get a sweep, great. But we definitely got to take the series. Yeah, I think this has a potential to be a pitching matchup as well. I think this would be like the best pitching for on both sides. Well, I say on the Yankee side because I know we got uh, Verlander and Brown, but they, you know, Severino's been struggling despite his past two starts, and Michael King is a little, you know, he's been a little better than the rest. But I, every time you got Carlos Rondon and Justin Verlander lining up against each other, it's always to be a good matchup. 
Yeah, Carlos Rodon. Let's talk about him real quick. Last outing at Tampa Bay, four and two thirds, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts. His last start versus Houston at home, he went two and two thirds, three hits, five earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. And like you said, Angel, this guy has not had a great year on the bump for the Yankees. He's been dealing with injury from the get go. He he injured himself. He said back they didn't know if he was going to pitch this year, but Rodon proved wrong and he said he was going to pitch this year and it just hasn't been going his way that he was hoping uh that contract right now ain't looking too pretty for odon um so i'll have to see about that the plus side for him he does pitch very well against the houston astros from his time from being with the chicago white Sox and this just the san francisco giants he, he's done a really good job against them i think he has a he holds a 220 something era against the Astros in his career, but he has struggled being away from Yankee stadium. Probably one of his worst and three games that he has started. He's 0 and two with a 771 ERA and carries a 150 whip. That is as pretty awful. I could say because 771, when you look at that, that's just like mind blown. That's almost close to double digits at that point. So they did good against the last time against Rodon. Let's see if that carries on. Uh, on Friday night for the Astros. But Saturday, you got a 6-10 start time. Luis Severino, the Astros have seen him a bunch of times. 4-8 and eight with a 6-64 ERA. He'll be going against Hunter Brown, who is 10-9 with a 4-47 ERA. And Hunter Brown has been pretty pretty good lately in the last two starts, at least. Uh, his last out got Detroit, five innings, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. His last start against the New York Yankees have been, it was pretty good itself. Six innings, five hits, Two earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. And me and Angel, we've talked about before. If you give this guy the ball, and as in, and he was carrying a streak of four strikeouts consecutively in three starts, let the defense play behind you. You don't have to strike out all these guys, especially these Yankee hitters. You got Judge, you got Stanton, you got I don't I don't know if Rizzo will be in this one. Uh, Jason Dominguez could be possibly starting. The Yankees had called their number two prospect up. Uh, they 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 got some good hitters still on that side. So. By all means, just let the defense play behind you and just see one one thing at a time. No, like you said, they do have Judge, but I think the Astros have had Judge's number since they yeah. start, since his rivalry happened. I think I mm. I think I remember like maybe one or two games where Judge where Judge goes off against the Astros, but it's not that that much. Yeah, I tell you what, guys, uh, you just touched on it though. I mean, the most exciting thing for for me personally, other than maybe seeing seeing. JV and, and our guys, you know, uh, take the series is seeing the Dominguez. It's going to be very, very cool to see him up close because, I mean, I've seen some video highlights of him in the minor leagues and all, a little bit of spring training. And it's like they got something really, really special over there. And I can't wait to see see him in person. So, uh, you know, Yankees, Yankee fans everywhere, they got to be really excited to see him be a part of it. Yeah, him and Austin Wells. Austin Wells, too, has been doing good for at least in AAA for the Yankees. Um, finally getting the call up, see what he's like for them. But mini JV will be going against Luis Severino on the other end. Severino has been pretty horrific. It's been bad for him this last two um, months for him in July and August. His last outing at Detroit, though, was a positive for him. Seven innings, five hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, eight strikeouts. His last start versus Houston, that was in July. And like I said, Luis Severino didn't have a great July. He had an ERA over 11, four innings, five hits, five earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. But like I said, 
he's had two great back-to-back starts and back-to-back starts against teams like Detroit and the Washington Nationals, which the Nationals have been playing good baseball lately too. I mean, you can't take away that from them, but at the same time, you're like, well, it's, it's the Nationals. Come on. So, yeah, he's going to be going against the Astros, who are a tougher opponent. He's yet to allow an earned run since August 15, and them two combined starts, like I was saying, 13 two-thirds, six hits, zero earned runs, two walks, 10 strikeouts. So he, he's been getting it lately for the Yankees, looking like that 2017 Severino that the Yankees had had. But on the other end, last three starts versus Houston, not counting the postseason because the postseason two, he did receive the loss. He has had a loss in each of those starts. So potentially this could be another start with and loss, or it could go Severino's way, which he's been pretty, you know, pitching pretty well in these last two games uh, for him. So Astros are a hot offense right now, but at the same time too, something has to give either, either Severino continues his success or the Astros continue on this hot streak uh, of their offense that they've been doing pretty good. Michael King, Sunday night baseball on ESPN. I'm pretty sure. You'll, you'll probably have Michael K and A-Rod and the, the Michael K show on there on ESPN2 at least. But 6-10 start time, Michael King, 3-5 and five with a 2.96 ERA. He'll be going against Christian Javier, 9-2 and two at the 4.66 ERA. And I believe Javier is the only one without 10 wins, um, excluding Jose Arquiti because Arquiti's been hurt. But Javier is close to 10 wins. He's it's knocking on the door for him. Uh, his last outing at Boston, I mean, it was... It was hard to see. I mean, that first inning to me, uh, let me read his stat line real quick. Four innings, six hits, four earned runs, six walks, four strikeouts. In that first inning, I will say if if Altuve does catch that ball in center or if Christian Javier would not pick the ball up with his glove and with his hand like, you know, you usually taught, I think he gets out of that inning and I think the game changes for him. But that came along of course the pitch count rises and uh the walks walks kill six walks right there now that's that's hard to see and this hasn't been no secret for him it's the second half at least i mean command has been pretty bad josh miller and the pitching staff doesn't know what's happening dusty baker doesn't know what's happening with him no one cannot figure out christian javier uh his last start at yankee stadium though four and two thirds four hits three and runs three walks four strikeouts so i wanted to dive deep a little bit with the numbers 2022, obviously, he was LRFT. And I mean, this guy was curving and carving, whatever you want to call it, these batters. 1174 strikeout per nine innings, 315 walk per nine innings, and a 539 hits per nine innings. Fast forwarding into 2023, now in the present. The strikeout rate has gone down. Now it's at 8.15. The walk rate has risen a little bit, 3.49. And then the hits per nine has increased, being 8.29, 8.29 hits per nine innings. My question to y'all is now, will we ever get to see the Christian Javier from 2022 this year? And will he ever reach the six-inning mark? He hasn't reached the six-inning mark in a long time, I believe since uh, since July, I would say, against the Tampa Bay race. So my two questions to y'all, fellas, what do y'all think? Um. Maybe in the playoffs, but at this point, I don't know if, you know, he'll even be a starter at the playoffs unless he shows something, Mm -hmm. you know, this month because it's it's September already. Um, But ain't no place like, there's not a better team to turn around than against the Yankees. There's like, there always going to be a tough competition. 
they're always going to be, you know, batting out. So if he can show a positive light, reach six innings, limit the walks, have a little command, there's, there, there's hope for Christian Javier in the playoffs. And um, I just want to touch on this. His career high walks was 53, and that was in 2021. He's at 51 walks right now in September. So he has a chance to pass his career high on that as well. Yeah, I'm with you, Angel. I really believe that uh, at this point in the season, uh, it's going to be tough to see if he gets, you know, six innings and whatnot. But uh, and I'm with you on it, too. It, come postseason, he might not even be a starter. He might be coming out the pen. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, I'm I'm, I'm uh, forever the optimist. I, I, I'm rooting for him as an Astro fan and, and as a former player. I, You know, like you said, if he can show some this weekend and, and get that little spark and, and get some momentum, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for it. I'm all for it too. So, um, because, you know, he's a talented, he's a talented player. He's a talented little a talented piece for us. Uh, so I'm, I'm rooting for him uh, and I hope he gets it done. Yeah. The projected starting rotation. If the Astros do make the postseason this year, it's going to be JV or Framber, which I think Framber deserves the number one, but Framber Valdez, Justin Verlander, uh, three, you go, JP I mean, that, that's kind of two. JP France is probably going to be your number three guy. And then the four is kind of, or Kitty or Hunter Brown, yeah. Depending on her, how her Kitty's been dealing, we'll just see about that. But I agree with all of y'all what y'all said. I think Christian Javier. I don't know if we'll see that six inning mark with the same thing like you said to Angel. It's September already. The, he got to figure out if anything right now. This game has to show that he has to pitch over them innings. At, le- at least get back to that form of Christian Javier how he was last year. At least the postseason type of guy he was too. Um, because if he does go into the bullpen, the Astros are going to need him to step up just like how he was in 2022 in that long relief role. You don't know what's going to happen. You just I mean, Urquidy or let's say JP friends gets laid up like last time. Somebody's going to have to come into the rescue. And I think Javier's number would be the number one call up first before the, any of the relief pitchers. So yeah, it needs to get going right now for this guy. It's something it, I want to see. Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say real quick. Uh, you hit it there, Zoe, too. By the way, Urquidy did a great job coming in after Christian Javier. I mean, he he showed that he's got some good stuff still, and to have that long relief role. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think it, I think it suits him. So that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I was saying in the right, um, in that direction as well. Like we've seen Urquidy come off the relief role, JP France, Hunter Brown, but not Christian Javier. Yeah. So uh, Christian Javier has been considered a starter, and I know that was your, that was a number two guy coming in, but. Maybe they can save his arm for at least a little, like like save the bullets a little bit. Like if he comes, like skips the scar and just comes out out of relief for just two innings or three innings, you know, need be. I mean, like maybe that could, you know, give a little confidence boost or something like that, and maybe just take the load off a little bit as well. Yeah, if Rafael Montero could do it, which he he's kind of flipped the switch. He was not doing too well in the middle of the season, and coming into the second half and the end of it, he's looked pretty good. He's looked like the Montero that the Astros had gave him that contract for. So if I I think if Montero could do it, and like Enrique said, I'm very optimistic about him. He could find a way and get that confidence going. But let's talk about Michael King real quick. Uh, his last outing at Detroit, four innings, three hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, five strikeouts. And when I heard the name Michael King, I'm like. This guy sounds familiar. I never heard him in the starting rotation because when you hear the Yankees rotation in the beginning, it was Cole, Cortez, Rodon, uh, Severino, even Frankie Montas, which Montas I don't think is going to be pitching this year. But Michael King was a reliever. He is a reliever, and he will be starting this game. He has three starts under his belt. He holds a 0-1 record with a 2-0-8 ERA, which is very promising. But when you look at the starts, he's only pitched a combined of eight and two-thirds. 
So very interesting to see there. Um, to me, I think you'll probably see three to four innings, maybe five innings, depending how he does against the Astros. Uh, it'll probably be a bullpen game for Sunday night, but we'll have to see. And the other thing, too, I want to mention, struggles against right-handed hitters. This Astros lineup is very right-handed friendly. If you take away Brantley, if you take away Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, he has an opponent batting average of 261 and a 327 on base percent. So anyway, you can find a way to get on hitting, uh, walk, or just take it on your elbow pad. Find a way to get on against this guy. Put the pressure on the Yankees and go to that bullpen early. Uh, because if the same thing happens with Rodon and Severino, if the bullpen goes right there in those games Sunday, it's going to be a very complicated game for the New York Yankees. Yeah, I agree. Do you have anything to say about the Yankees, Enrique? I mean, it's those on it, man. I mean, I just think with the, the amount of injuries they got going on and just uh, – you know, if we can get if we can get the starters out quickly, I mean that bullpen by the time Sunday rolls up, is going to be it's going to be very difficult for those guys to compete against us. Um, it's just going to be you're going to have to really really ask a lot of some folks out there. Almost kind of like how with Boston, uh, you know, with their bullpen this past week, I mean, you know, they asked a lot uh, from a bear claw. I want to say, you know, and, and guys oh, like yeah. that. So, you know, it's one of those things where. You know, Aaron Boone's got to gotta really, really uh, get his chess pieces aligned and, and everything's got a best case scenario shape up for him because uh, it's just we're we're just we're, we're, we're flying high right now. And they're they're kind of going on a, back, you know, a downward trend. So uh, I, it would be tough to be in that Yankee locker room, but they're the Yankees and you can never really, you know, you know, doubt, you know, put the full like kibosh on them. So, you know, I really like our chances, but they are the Yankees. So got to give them respect. Yeah, but before we move on, Angel, too, remind you, five-game winning streak. They Their offense right now is scoring over six runs per game. Uh, we, we talked about it, Angel, in our last one, that the Astros haven't had a good hot streak in a good while. And right yeah. now, they're on a five-game winning streak. If they could keep rolling to possibly eight, which it could happen against the Yankees, going into that Texas Rangers series is going to be very important for them because that is the divisional opponent, and you give yourself some breathing room in the standings or you're going to let the Rangers try to get on top of you and you fall backwards. So that's all I wanted to say real quick. No. Yeah. Um, what a key to the game will be to get the starters out early. Like y'all were saying and, and text that bullpen up for the Yankees. And if you actually take this, like, this series puts them in a great position to be competing as well, but mm-hmm. it's time to move on for our MVPs and our hot takes. I will, I'll take the one for three. Uh, Tucker didn't have a good series. The uh, my hot take was Astros hold the Red Sox to three or less runs. It's close, but couldn't get it. And Framber had a pretty good outing. But my new ones for this week is my, MV, my offensive piece, Kyle Tucker. I think he, you know, recuperates, bounces back, and has a great game back in his King's corner. And I agree with you. I'm optimistic as well. So my pitching MVP is gonna be Christian Javier. I say he goes over six innings, um, bounces back, and he's gonna need it if. If he has October, October in his pitch, uh, as a starting pitcher in his mindset, and you just saw the Astros sweep the Red Sox, I'm gonna say the Astros sweep the Yankees at Minute Maid for three games as well. So I'm riding for like a what eight game win streak. Wait, mate. Oh yeah, eight games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Javier going six innings is interesting because every time we do our over unders, I'm always optimistic with him going six. If he could give you six, Angel, by all means. I'm very good about that. Enrique, you want to give us yours real quick? 
All right, give it to me again. So MVP for offensive hot. pitching and hot. Take okay, pitch. offensive offensive MVP. I am gonna go. I'm gonna say Jordan. Okay, because I feel like the Penske pole situation might give him a, you know get him going even more on there. Um, pitching MVP. I'm gonna go with JV. I think JV is gonna freaking start this weekend real nice. Like you're saying, Christian Javier is gonna go six. I think JV is gonna go seven or eight. I'm just thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's gonna just rock and roll. Cause that you know the lineup, I just don't. I think they're a little banged up. So I'm giving a you know a leg up to JB on that. And the hot take. The hot take for me, I think is gonna be. Maldonado goes deep. Okay. Maldi okay. goes deep. Wow. Maldi okay. goes deep. Yeah. Very very hot. Interesting hot take right there. Yeah. Wow. You know, I just I just you know I just want to say that I think he's been he took some pretty good hacks, uh, and on the road trip. Yeah, he did. And I was like, "Wow, you know, this is out. This is kind of interesting. I mean, he's not he's not getting cheated." And uh, and I thought I thought it was pretty cool that uh, yesterday he hits a double, and because he wanted to, it's a getaway game because he wanted to get the game going. He he got thrown out at second base trying to stretch that into a double. So. <laughs> the helmet, the helmet yeah. too, was just over his yeah. eyes. It was just so exactly. Funny. He was like, yep, yep, "Let's go, wrap it up, let's go, guys. Let's <laughs> see here." <laughs> but no, man, I think I think it's gonna be a great series. I'm excited for it. But uh, yeah, that's that's my hot take for right now. Definitely some good ones, you guys. But mine from last week, I had Jeremy Pena. He had 333. I think he did pretty good. Uh, the, the stash, I had JP France as my pitching guy. I, I knew the, the first game was very sourful, sourful, sour taste in his mouth. And he just didn't like that. And I mean, he was all ready to play at Fenway. He's been a road warrior too for the Astros as a starting pitcher. So kudos to that. And then the hot take. Like Angel said, I said the Ashes were going to sweep the Red Sox. After that last game at Minute Maid Park, I know that didn't feel too good for the Astros. 17 runs. The Astros said, hold my beard. Let me go do 13 on the first day. So very interesting right there. I'd say three for three for me. But it's a new weekend, of course. Jose Altuve. This guy loves, loves hitting against the Yankees. He just loves playing against the Yankees. Um when we had our preview, when they were going to New York, he had, well, I mean, everybody's been calling him the king of New York. I think he is. I think he does pretty well playing against those guys. So I'll have him as, as my offensive MVP pitching. Y'all did go with some starters. Angel, Javier, Enrique, JP. I was thinking of going with another starter with Hunter Brown. But give me a bullpen piece. I think this is going to be a good matchup for these bullpen players. And I'm going to say Brian Abreu. Now, he's one of the biggest guys on a high leverage situation. I feel like one of these games could be a high leverage situation with runners on and one out or runners on with two outs. And I think Brian Abreu continues his success, especially reminds me of that time that he struck out. Giancarlo Stan just froze him right there with that fastball down the middle. So Brian Abreu pitching MVP. And then my hot take. Astros offense continues to scorch. Their hot offense just just continues on at home and will score. I'd said four, but I'm going five Ooh. runs every game. Okay. They didn't. I mean, every game over there in Boston, they had 13, nine, and I believe seven. Mm-hmm. I can see five runs too here. I mean, Detroit, they did pretty good. So why not do it at home with the fans in attendance? So I'd say five runs every game that the Astros offense are going to score. Yeah, they ever since they had that players meeting and when Bregman said that they're treating every game as they were like, you know, do or die situation, they've been, they've been great. And yeah, I take, I take that bet too, though. 
I think I think I'm with there with you. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Especially at home. I think again, I feel like everybody's more comfortable at home. So it's you know, the Yankees too yeah. coming to Houston. I mean, a lot of Yankee fans even show up there, but when it's the Astros and Yankees, that just it's postseason vibes through them years from from twenty fifteen when that when that wild card team beat them at Yankee Stadium. So yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a great series to look forward to. All right, now it's time for our over and under. So, Enrique, we've actually been keeping score on these. And <laughs> right now, uh, Lorenzo has a, a one up on me. He's 34. I'm at 33. Uh, that we've been getting right. So, here for the first one. So, the first one is going to be about – so, first off, pitching. Hunter Brown strikes out seven or more Yankees. Just to give you a little recap of what he's done against Detroit in his hometown, he struck out nine. Against Seattle, and that's a offense. He struck out five, and then I skipped when he came out from the relief role. But like, like his last start came against Baltimore as well. He struck out six. So, do you see seven or more strikeouts against the Yankees? I'm going over. Over. Yeah, I'm going over. over. Yeah, I just feel like these guys have a lot of uh, swing and misses, and uh, I just feel like Hunter Brown's got really good stuff, and I think he's going to be a, a perfect storm to get eight, at least eight. Not bad, not bad. I'll go under actually. Mm. Um, I mean, he he does have that swing and miss. The the Yankee offense as well, one of the most striking. The, the, they have a lot of players that strike out a lot with their swinging and missing. Um, he does generate a lot of swing and misses as well, but he has a defense behind him, and that was a thing that the Astros needed to improve on this year. It hasn't been pretty for them, but I think defense is going to be very important in this game in this series, really. So. You have a defense behind you, but I will say either five or six strikeouts. I think Hunter Brown will go with. Okay, I'm gonna go over as well with with Enrique. This Yankees struck out 18 times in the game, or a little bit more. So they are free swingers. So if he has that breaking stuff working, that those chase pitches, it should be a pretty good game. Um, I'll say eight to be exact strikeouts as well. I think he, I think he gets that. By the way, can I just tell you I love that we're adding this and I'm joining this now, okay? Because <laughs> now I'm going to watch this game with way more intensity. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, eight right there. Let's go right there. I'm going right. to text the boys real quick. <laughs> exactly right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, we always do, like, starters or hitters. So I, I try to change it up a little bit. This time, the bullpen pitch is less than 12 innings in the entire series uh, against the Yankees. Just give, again, recap against – this previous series against Boston, the bullpen was only used for 10.1 innings against Detroit, 9.2 innings, but against Boston, that whatever in minute 19 innings, the bullpen was used. Oh so do you think it's a starting pitchers goes deep into games and the bullpen is less used, or you think it'd be grinding out that pitch comes and be kind of high. Oh, you want me to go this time? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go, I'll go under on this one. Actually. Uh, Less than 12 innings. I think JV, like Enrique said, I think he could go seven innings. And we've talked about it before. Trying to get him to go seven is going to be very important. Hunter Brown, if he could get to that six-inning plateau, that's even better. And then Christian Javier. This guy, Angel, like I said, if he gives you six innings, by all means, continue on doing Christian Javier as your pitching MVP. So uh, I'll go under, actually, with this. The bullpen has been taxed a lot lately. Uh, even with Kendall Grayman with that lower back discomfort, hopefully it just doesn't put him on the I.L., just need some rest. So hopefully the starting pitchers do their job and, you know, perform really well, go eat some innings. So I'll go under with this one. This is tough. This is tough. Yeah. It's very um, tough. <laughs> you know what? Just just for the sake of uh, some fun, I'll, I'll go over. 
I'll go over, you know. Uh, but like you said, I think JV's going to go deep. Hunter has the potential to go deep. Uh, I just have my doubts of whether or not he'll go past six, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was my too. You know, and then Christian Javier is the big one. You know, I just, you yeah. know, I, I want him. I want him to go deep, but I don't think he's going six to uh, this weekend. You know, he, uh, five would be great, but I just don't know. He's the, he's, he's the wild card for me, so I, that's why I'm going to yeah. go over. Yeah, that's the reason I put 12. I was going to do 10, uh, 10 innings, but then I was like, Christian Javier, like his track record so far, and then, you know. you just got a pattern, know, too. Yeah. It's four like innings, five, five. <laughs> 4.2, 5.2, 4.2. So I'm actually going to go under on this one as well, though. I have confidence in the Astros pitching uh, rotation. I think they can go uh, six plus and limit that bullpen. I'll be huge because, again, they have the Rangers series and that offense is scorching hot. So, um, yeah, like for the Rangers series, like you have like their best guys going, but you always want to get healthy bullpens and, you know, untaxed bullpens. So I'm going to go under on this one as well. All right. We got two more. There's gonna be more I on the offense. I just don't. I just don't want Maldonado pitching. That's all. Okay. <laughs> My gosh. No, <laughs> I bad, agree. Bad, bad. Uh, sorry. Sorry to bring it up. Sorry. Go you good? I, <laughs> I I agree. Now we're gonna go to the offensive part of the over and under. Jose Altuve records four or more RBIs. That like Lorenzo was saying, Jose Altuve loves hitting against the Yankees. It doesn't matter if it's at Yankee Stadium or at Minute Park. Playoffs for regular season. Jose Altuve. Loves it against the Yankees. So four more RBIs to give you some track record. Against Boston, previous years four RBIs. Detroit one, Boston whenever I'm in a park zero. So, hmm, man, this one's very Wait, well, difficult. Is, is the you question? Go, for, well, go, go, ahead. go ahead first. But is the question if if Baltu is gonna have four or more or RBIs? more RBIs? So if he hits four or more. You know, that's over. If he hits three or less. In, in the entire, but you're talking about the entire series, right? Entire series. series? Yeah. Entire series. series. Entire this is all series. So, I mean, I can go first. Um, yes. I'm going to go over on this one. I think he gets to four at least. I know it's a three-game set. But, again, Altuve against the Yankees is a different breed. So, I'm going to go over on this one. I'll keep it simple for you, though. I'm going to go over as well. You know, that's <laughs> it. You know, I just think you're right, man. Altuve just enjoys playing against the Yankees. And he just seems to always be – in those clutch moments where he gets a hanging slider and hits a three-run homer. So, I, you know, I feel at that point he's already had two RBIs, you know, prior to that homer. So, I feel like he'll get to five or, four, you know, over four. So, I'm, I'm in the over. This guy's my offensive MVP, like you said, over. I mean, I'm seeing one home run to the Crawford boxes at least two. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I can see that happening. But over, yeah, real, real easy for me. Yeah, the Yankees, are like, it won't be off the road this Chapman this time. But, man, well, let's see who else they throw out there. Um. All right, the last hey, but, one. Hey, hey, but let's not cancel that. But let's not cancel that. Oh, <laughs> he left. <laughs> I think we should say let's not cancel that opportunity because the road is champion plays for the the Rangers, Rangers as which well. he did help out the Astros by hitting DJ Stewart in the back for the Mets. So I know he's blown five saves. Yeah, um, which is crazy because Will Smith's been the guy for them, but in their bullpen just regular for the Rangers. It's been very difficult for them to continue their, you know, their run. It's really been the bullpen, I'd say, for the Rangers. Yeah. Okay. So, should we do the last one real quick? I don't know if he's. Yeah, I, I think he'll pop up soon. When if he pops up, I'll, I'll let him in. But yeah, let's go ahead, and go on. All right. You know, we haven't done Michael Bandy at all this season, so Michael Brantley records three or more hits this series. Now, 
I kept it three because, again, his first few game bags, there's not a possibility he'll play all three games. Uh, you know, just to, I mean, he did have a day off this time, so, you know, I don't know what Dusty likes to do. So, he had two hits against Boston. What do you think? Three or more hits in the series? I'll go over. I think he'll he'll be able to have three, at, if, at least three. But there's a possibility. And then with one game, he had two. So, uh, I think the professional hitter, Dr. Smooth himself, Uncle Mike, whatever you want to call him, I think he'll go over three hits. Yeah, I would say over as well. Even if he doesn't play the, the, the entire series, like you said, he hit two in one game, and I'm sure he can sneak out one in the other like, if he does play. So it'll be interesting what Enrique thinks. We'll, like, we'll, we'll text we'll have him. have to text him this one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and real quick, what you said with that Boston one, uh, that, that could have been a home run at Minute Maid Park, but obviously there was a ground rule double at Fenway because of Ryfield being, I think, what, 380? So, oh, he did text us real quick, though. His phone yeah, died. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. We'll give him the question. Uh, we'll let everybody know what he says. Uh, but that's our show. The Astros are coming. They're hot right now. Uh, we'll just have to see if it continues on against the New York Yankees that they've seen the postseason so many times. But continue to follow us at Full Steam Ahead on Twitter, TikTok. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. FSA Full Steam Ahead on Instagram. Threads, you, you already know. We're, we're there still. We're We're on there no matter what we're going to give you all the inside right there and then of course our podcast platforms spotify apple and google podcast possibly i will throw we'll, we'll throw up a giveaway if you're listening to this yeah we'll have a giveaway uh today on friday i think you know friday fun fun friday since the weekend coming up too so why not let's wait, do a giveaway wait 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 didn't you have promised a giveaway earlier i forgot what it was no that was the red sox series at home Oh, okay. That okay. was a split, though. But for the hell of it, I mean, they did a sweep against the Red Sox at Fenway. In Fran- That's the first time in franchise history. So th- that has to be celebrated. But, Angel, other than that, do you have anything else before we sign off? No, I was just thank you for listening. It was good to have Enrique back. Uh, yeah. You know, vibes were immaculate. So it's just, it was great. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. If I didn't say that. Yeah. Vibes are immaculate, immaculate vibes, whatever you want to call it. Glad to be back and, you know, give you some actual coverage, content, whatever you want to think. Uh, but we'll give you that recap against the Yankees. We'll see if the Astros do sweep them, at least a winning series, before we give you the preview against the Texas Rangers, which that one will be a great one to listen to. But until then, y'all stay safe. Have a good weekend. And go Strokes. Go Strokes.